Dolan and the Gypsies have been living with the cave dwellers on the planet Epsilon-1 for two years. In this time, the natives of the planet have learned many things, such as making fire, cooking, how to make clothes, swimming, and even a basic form of language has begun to develop. In turn, the younger of the Gypsies, Dolan, Ivan, Billy and Bratto too, have grown both in stature and maturity. Thoughts of moving on are beginning to cross their minds when their idyllic existence is rudely interrupted by the sudden and unexpected arrival of the third of nasty spaceships, containing the Gorblimean double agent, Vladimir Shotitov, the chief engineer, Alistair Truefit Mackenzie, and the menacing figure of the director of nasty, Major General Fester B. Snarkbuster, USAF, open brackets, retired, close brackets, who now approaches Jimbird Flyflower, pointing a pistol at him and threatening his imminent demise. The silver-space-suited figure of Major General Fester B. Snarkbuster, USAF, open brackets, retired, close brackets, towered over the seated Jimbird, who continued calmly to eat his portion of boiled beef and carrots. The pistol did not waver in his grip. Jimbird seemed unperturbed, but his one eye was watchful. "'Tis a long time, and no seat to be sure, Fester, me old friend,' he said. "'Perk yourself down, and have a little grub with us.' "'I don't want to hear no smooth talking from you, Flyflower. I'm aiming to take them two gold-done rockets back to Earth where they belong.' And you, ride along with them, in pieces, if necessary. His voice had an odd hollow sound, booming as it did from the interior of his spacesuit helmet, which he hadn't removed. Jimbird eyed him sardonically, while Dolan looked on with apprehension. I think you can safely take off that goldfish bowl, Fester. The area is pretty healthy, you knows. I don't trust nothing that don't come from the earth, or ain't air-conditioned. Now, you getting up, or do I have to... But he got no further. There was a resounding clong, and Major General Fester B. Snarkbuster, USAF, open brackets, retired, close brackets, pitched forward, unconscious, to the ground, having been dealt a mighty blow to the helmet by the leader of the cave-dwellers, who had approached him from behind unseen because of the length and thickness of his hair. The caveman lowered his club and looked a little embarrassed. John, hurt this strange man, he said. Jimbird grinned. Lark's a mercy no, John. That was likely just what he needed. I'm inclined to agree with that, said Alistair Truefit Mackenzie, who now approached, followed by Vladimir. Neither of them were wearing spacesuits, and they both looked very tired. Two years cooped up in one cabin with him can try a man's patience to an extraordinary degree. By heavens, that smells good, he added, sniffing at the food with relish. You've only to help yourselves, said Dolan. There's plenty for all. I believe I'll, uh, I'll have a wee bite, said Alistair, sitting himself down on the ground and helping himself to a huge portion of the food without more ado. Come on, Vladimir, get some decent grub inside ya. Them space capsules is all very well, but they're no substitute for thus. And he tucked in, with every evidence of enjoyment. 
Vladimir approached hesitantly, acutely aware that the suspicious eyes of Crispin Lob Mincing were fixed upon him. Girl, if I may be permitted, he said. I cannot but agree with uh, Comrade Mackenzie that the appeal of uh, space capsule food has somewhat diminished over the years. Crispin Lobbinsing spoke. You're entirely welcome to partake of our food, mate. But that's not all you've been partaking of from the likes of us, is it, mate? I do not understand, sir, said Vladimir. I think you do, mate, and only too well, wasn't it you? I used to see pretty regular in the tea shop just across the road from Nasty, giving packets of money to Snart Buster here in exchange for sealed envelopes containing official secrets belonging to the National Association for Research and Scientific and Technological Investigation. In other words, wasn't you spying on Nasty for gold blimey, well, that is the way it would seem to have been, my friend. But appearances can be deceptive, you know. We all know that, cut in Dolan. But how can you explain all these things if you're not really a spy? A very good question, my young friend. Uh, incidentally, this is really most excellent boiled beef and carrots. Uh, would you not say so, Alistair? But Alistair Truefoot Mackenzie was well into his second plateful, and as his mouth was crammed with the food, the only sound he made was a sort of... <coughs> Jimbird and the rest of the gypsies grinned at this, but Lob Mincing was showing signs of impatience, and Dolan was quite definitely getting cross. You're evading the points. What about the spying? Dolan persisted. Vladimir shot it off, smiled, through a mouthful of the boiled beef and carrots swallowed, and spoke. Well, the point about spying by intelligent little inquisitor is uh, simply there was no spying. And he laughed loud and long. Dolan stood up, towering over the seated Vladimir, and demanded, Then what is the explanation? Please, please, calm yourself. You shall have explanation. You see, I am civil servant, and like most civil servants, I consider myself to be very poorly paid. And again, like most civil servants, I find a job overseas financially more rewarding. And so I volunteer for Intelligence Department of Government of Gublamir. Vladimir sighed. <sighs> it would have been uh, better for me to become manual worker in one of factories making plastic sink tidies, wire coat hangers, something like that. You see, people of my country think most highly of virtue of simple hard work, a notion which absolutely repels me, by the way. Thus, the manual laborer is much admired in country and is very highly paid. I'm afraid my fellow Goblimians, although idealistic to point of idiocy, are really rather boring. I think I see what you're getting at, said Dolan. You prefer a civilised life to the one which just involves routine labour which your government finds it convenient to be enthusiastic about. A remarkably observant statement, my friend. May I have a little more of this delicious food? Help yourself by all means, said Father Out. And while you're at it, wash it down with a wee drop of this. Big up.
and farther out glugged about a pint of a rather cloudy, sluggish amber-looking fluid into a wooden cup, and passed it to Vladimir. Tis not quite right yet, but I'm working on it. Tis a wine made from apple skins and cores, and I wouldn't advise you trifling a spaceship around the universe after a couple of pints of it. Vladimir thanked Father out, took the proffered cup, sipped tentatively, and barely concealed a wince. <laughs> Delicious. I am certain it will improve with age. How old is this particular vintage, Father? About a week, give or take. A day or so. You were saying? Dolan prompted. Yes, well, uh, having secured second job with Goblimium Intelligence, I discovered Intelligence is a wrong name for the department. An optimistic one at best. You see, I'm basically most honest man. Most honourable, you might say. Another of my abhorrences, apart from hard work, is stealing other people's secrets. So I simply used to devise my own information and feed it back to government. I would tell them such things. For example, that countries of North Africa plotting against Goblimir to deposit entire Sahara Desert into Mediterranean Sea to give them land link which would facilitate invasion of Eastern Europe, of which, of course, include Goblamir. Also, I tell them butter surplus in common market will be smeared on roads in Goblamir, thus causing all traffic to become uncontrollable and thereby paralyzing our military machine. <laughs> they believe me when I suggested Australia planning underground invasion by digging upwards through Earth and taking us by surprise. So when the Major General here began supplying false information about your esteemable nasty organization, for he is also patriotic gentleman, if not a little naive, and he thinks that by doing so he keep a foreign agent under control, I simply pay him off with counterfeit money, thereby keeping my financial supplies for myself, most comfortably improving my standard of living. It was delightful life while it lasts. Major General Fester B. Snarkbuster, USAF, open brackets, retired, close brackets, sat up painfully, unclipped his space helmet and tenderly felt the back of his head. With his shoulder-length grey hair and huge beard combining with his rather loud voice, he was a person who put not a little fright into the children of the cave people. Where in tarnation are we? He grumbled. I'm informed that this is the planet Epsilon One on the Epsilon Galaxy, and that we are about a thousand million light years from Earth, said Alistair Truefit Mackenzie. And so it's no surprise that it took me two years of random settings on the instant matter transporter controls before we stumbled upon our fellow travellers here. No thanks to you, Major, for your haste to go off the earth before I'd set the controls. Don't call me Major. I'm a general. And just what do you mean, fellow travellers? We have decided that after a suitable period of rest and refreshment, we shall not be returning to earth as arranged, but shall be joining them on their journey about the universe, Major. <laughs> 